Okay. All right, good. We got that out of the way. All right, are you ready? Oh, he's going to keep doing it. It's fine. Yeah, I'm ready. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cocktail Conceit. Uh, this is a podcast where two best friends who don't live in the same area or who physically can't see each other because it's the plague times record a podcast and uh, Logan, why are you laughing? Did I fuck it up again? No, my cat was just making a lot of noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. Well, all right. I'm going to continue my intro then. You uh, should just go for it. Go uh, for it. We're two friends and we record a podcast. Also we're bartenders or we would be if uh, one of us wasn't homeless and unemployed due to plague. And uh, each week we discuss a piece of media that one of us suggests and we have some sort of deep intimacy with and the other one has not experienced. And uh, we talk about how that media has affected us and what the other person's first impressions are. And then at the end, we have to make a cocktail based on that piece of media because that's the conceit. Uh, but not this week, Adam, because we're doing something a little different. Oh, yeah. This is a very special week, uh, which actually we'll get to that in a second. First, I just want to say, hey, Logan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Adam. How are you doing? I am. I'm doing as good as I can be. Actually, doing better than, better than usual. That's good. Uh, me and my partner Kat had a lawyer uh, after her birth certificate, and we just got a message back that uh, uh, the sheriff who is going to go serve the court of records has been paid. So that means that the attorney general in Virginia has approved our request to get her birth certificate. Which, we, like, if that God. sounds crazy, it is, because, like, you shouldn't need an attorney general to approve you asking for your birth certificate, and you shouldn't need a sheriff to go serve the, the vital records office in order to make them, <laughs> make them do their job. <laughs> God, shit's so stupid. Oh, it's, it's a nightmare. But... Like, it's not the top of the reasons why our, our uh, government's falling apart, but that's definitely up there. Definitely, definitely up there. It's not great definitely up there what are you drinking tonight adam uh i am drinking uh the plastic beach which is one of the cocktails that we have made but it is not the cocktail that we made in our last episode because this mm. is a special episode like you said mm. this is the cocktail conceit on the rocks part two part two where we chronologically go through Dwayne the rock johnson's filmography and uh, these episodes are special because we don't have to bring a, we already know what piece of media we're talking about, so we can uh, not spend very much time on that. And instead, we're just going to edit these and put these out really fast. So mm -hmm. these are going to be more contemporary than our other episodes. That's uh, the idea. They're fresh. Yeah. They're, they're fresh. on the rocks. You got to you you drink them before they water down, you know? Yeah. You got to watch and, that shit. Yeah. Listen to that shit. So I was going to make The Bitter Blossom, which is uh, uh, the episode that just came out. Uh, this one mm -hmm. should be airing pretty close to. Uh, but instead, I decided to make the cocktail that we made the last time we recorded, which is the Plastic Beach. And I'm not, I'm not going to say too much about it, because uh, I think I'm going to have everybody wait to hear how you make it for when that episode comes out. Yeah, and if you're wondering what, uh, what that, uh, that drink is based on, I mean, it's kind of, the lead's kind of buried a little bit. 
it's, it's kind of obvious. You yeah, yeah. It's, you, can figure, figure, you can figure it out. We're, so what are we talking about tonight, though? It's, the, it's not actually yeah. the second movie that Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in, because Techn- we decided to yeah. skip that one. Technically, this is not the second one on his IMDb page, because the uh, second one on his IMDb page is he's just credited as Mugger number one, yeah. and it's also... I also I don't want to track down this very cheesy 90s uh, cameo movie. I really wanted to do it, but also I respect the executive decision that we shouldn't do every single movie he's ever been in. We should pick and choose the ones he's like got like a leading part or like a large role in because otherwise we got to do a shit ton of movies for this. So, well, I think the the after this one like we did mm-hmm. uh, The Mummy Returns, which he is credited mm-hmm. in there. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, his name, like, appears during, like, the opening, like, you know, uh, scenes where they're, like, sh- popping names up, like, Brendan Fraser, and then, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson pops up. Uh, I don't think that he would have gotten that level of a title credit for Mugger Number 1. No, definitely not. He was definitely, like, a bit cameo in that. Actually, that was probably, that probably came out before, or that was probably, that was just probably... me re- spitballing, it's probably, re- like, recorded, filmed before... He was in Mummy Returns. I'd be willing to bet. Yeah, I definitely bet that that's how that went. Uh, oh, but Logan, we never—I mm-hmm. never asked you what you're drinking. Well, I was waiting for you to ask me because I, I've got uh, a little uh, little shot. You have a tiny here. glass. It's not. It's a tiny glass. It's, it's not, not really a shot glass. It's not a shot it's glass, a, but it's not a tumbler. It's just a small glass. It's very. It actually holds about three ounces. Uh, I've measured it before, so I usually I use it as like a large shot glass. Typically, um, no, I've got a, it's it's a like a little family trinket thing I got from a, a relative who passed away, so I, I use it as a little shot glass. Um, but anyway, no, it's a I made a, a gimlet earlier, made like a big batch gimlet, and I've just been doing little shots of my uh, Earl Grey cordial gimlet like mm. the last few hours. So I had a little bit left, so I wanted to take a shot of it on the on the cast. That's, like that. that's not what you told me you were drinking. <laughs> mm. Well, that's because I had the other drink, too. Which is oh. what I told you I was drinking. Which is uh, Monkey 47 on a big rock with a lemon and orange peel expression. I appreciate like the, like, uh, the confidence in just drinking a glass of gin. It's really good. I've started doing it at bars and stuff, too, because um, People, one of our local bars yeah. here in Evansville... Uh, their gin, they have really nice gin, and it's stupid cheap there. It is crazy cheap. Yeah, uh, you can get like a poor botanist for like four fifty or five bucks or something. I oh yeah, we have a story about Just that. Yeah, because uh, so good. <laughs> uh, when I finally moved back to the Midwest, and I would come back to Evansville like every so often on weekends, me and you would go to the People, and uh, I would always just get a pour of botanist neat, just like straight gin. Mm-hmm. And because they were pouring it for four dollars a pour, and it's yeah. botanist, and yeah. they were pouring it for four dollars a pour, and I'm like, and oh, and they're, and they're like Midwest size pours. These aren't like an ounce. Mm-hmm. These are like no, like a fat two ounces. It's a solid two ounce. They don't they don't do measurements either. They do uh, free pour, so it's probably. I mean, like the the bartenders are pretty good about it. They don't give you like super heavy pours, but like. It's probably better than two ounces. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a fat two ounces. And yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. I kept doing that, and I was the only one doing it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then after like a month or two of coming up here every other weekend, uh, I noticed that they changed their prices, and it got 
it got more expensive. They did it, bump it up a little bit. It, it bumped up to four fifty. <laughs> yeah, it's it's four fifty because I kept drinking it. But it's still like super reasonable. I think it, at Fidel's we charged like eight or nine dollars a pour for it or something like that. I'm like stupid. So like. No, it's I'll do that yeah. when I go there every once in a while. If I like, if I don't feel like drinking a beer, because that's usually what I do when I go there, because they have a really good draft selection. Um, I'll just get like botanist on a rock with like a couple of lemon wedges or lime wedges. Usually is what I do. But uh, that sounds fantastic. Have you ever had? It's, it's um, really nice. Have you ever had Bar Hill Gin? Uh-uh. It's from Vermont, and it is like. I haven't had. I need to have Botanist and Bar Hill at the same time because mm-hmm. I think Bar Hill might actually be my favorite gin, That's but I need fair. to taste them at the same time. If not, it's my second favorite gin. It's really good. See, I think I think Monkey Forty Seven might be one of my favorites. Monkey Forty Seven is really really good. It's a bit more expensive. That's the only thing that really like yeah makes Botanist like a thing I would order more often is because it's it's significantly cheaper in more places that I've been to. I, I um, think Monkey Forty Seven like is really good, but I think it's a lot like, um, yeah, it is. It's really good, but it is like pretty pricey, and it's like yeah, come it's on, a bit expensive for what you're getting. Like I mean, yeah. it, it's like that. There's a calculus there where like there's a certain point where it doesn't really matter how good the thing is you're getting. If it's too expensive, it doesn't really matter. Like yeah. it's um, uh, Whistle Pig, who's also out of Vermont, uh, makes exceptionally good rye whiskey. Um, but mo- like their really, really good stuff is stupid expensive, like ridiculously, ridiculously expensive. And I, I can't, I would never be able to justify buying a bottle of that unless I just had like buku money to blow. And even then it's like, why, why spend, I don't know, like 300 bucks on a really, really nice bottle of rye whiskey when I could spend like 300 bucks on three really nice bottles of rye whiskey. Yeah. And that's not even like like my usual like spending range on whiskey would be like between like twenty five and fifty bucks. Like that's where I would like try to gauge for like a fifth. Yeah. Like if it's if it's more than that, then you're probably overspending, honestly. It's probably you're you're probably just buying a name more than you're buying like an actual like good quality product. Once um, like once a bottle gets to a hundred dollars, I really have to go like Mm, am I is it, am I is buying the it? liquid or am I buying yeah. the bottle with a name on it? Yeah, it, it's hard to say honestly. I mean, like with some of the stuff where like it's like Whistlepig, like their really expensive stuff comes from their like unique aging processes because um, they have like their Boss Hog collection that they do every year. Yeah, where it's a totally different aging process. They do a limited batch release, so it's ne- they're never going to do another one the same way. So it's almost like a collector's item more than it is just a straight, like, like liquor. So I kind of get it, but it's also, like, not a thing that... I'm not into booze to be a collector, so I don't know why I would buy that. Like, there is a market for that, for sure, but yeah, there is. It's, it's not it's, me. It's like the... Um... It's like those Maker Marks bottles that come out every uh, every Kentucky Derby that are like yep. weird colored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, every, everyone does that. Like Woodford does that. Fucking Bland. Yeah, yeah every, everyone fucking does that shit. But yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, Monkey Forty Seven is a bit more expensive than what I would usually get. The reason I bought it is because uh, um, the bar I work at has a full carryout license that we can sell full bottles of liquor if we want to. So if I get really lazy, 
um, and I don't want to go to the liquor store, I will buy booze from the, the bar I work at. So um, that is so convenient to have, but they really don't utilize that, do they? No, they we really don't. Well, it's it's like a really weird thing because like we we um will like buy full barrels of whiskey and have it bottled, and we're super happy to sell any of that as much as people want because we have so much of it. Oh yeah, if you buy like a barrel, it's it's like two hundred bottles or something. But then like anything else that we have, like we wouldn't want to sell it by the bottle anyway because we'd make way more money off of it. Like if someone's trying to buy like even like a bottle of blends off of us. Like, no, I think we'll just save that and sell it by the poor because we will sell it. Oh, like, yeah. So, like, it's stuff like, like, I mean, the things that most people would want to buy from us, because it would be an upmark from, like, what you would get at the liquor store anyway, um, would be, like, really rare stuff that we don't want to sell a full bottle of. So the only things that, like, you would reasonably want to buy from us are, like, our private barrel selections or, like... Whatever well stuff that we have, our, our wells are really high though. So like, I mean, I usually buy like Plantation Three Star. I'll just buy from Fidel's because I can buy it from them. They'll they sell it to me for like twenty five bucks or something, which is like totally reasonable for a liter. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, oh and it's a liter. Okay. Yeah, it's a liter size. We the, that's the other thing. It's the liter size. It's not the, the it's size. not the seven fifty. No, fuck mm. them seven fifties. No. Man, yeah, liter size of Plantation Three Star is where it's at. No, it's super. Well, it's, I've kind of come on. I've come across on that. We're like, I, I don't want to buy seven fifties of anything. If I can help it, I will buy a liter or I'll buy a half gallon, like one or the other. Like I don't know why I would do anything else. When I was living in Ohio, Ohio is a liquor control state, so you really can't get like a whole lot of things. Like the liquor selection in Ohio mm. uh, is kind of shitty. Uh, that's because like the state owns every single bottle that comes into the state. It's wild. Uh, but that means that the prices are set everywhere in the state at all times. That's pretty cool, actually. So you could get Plantation 3 Star, but you could only get the liter bottle, but it was $17. That's fucking dope. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty great. I mean, I guess there's benefits to bureaucracy and state-controlled stuff. I'm kind yeah. of I'm kind of into that. I mean, what's the thing is I can't find Plantation 3 Star anywhere. Because um, nobody knows what it is in Indiana, in, in Evansville yeah. at least. Like, I think there's like one liquor store in town that carries it. Yeah, Varsity um, is the only one that carries it. Yeah, and they're like a they're like a pretty big chain, so like that makes sense. But none of the local places carry it. Even like my usual like local liquor haunt is like they've got super great selection of wine and beer and whiskey, but their rum selection is garbage it's terrible so is their gin selection like they just don't have because i mean it's southern indiana no one gives a fuck about rum or gin they do have a really good selection of liqueurs though like oh really stupid good yeah no like like it's like a whole sidewall and they've got like uh luxaro maraschino they've got shirt green and yellow chartreuse which i did not realize was so expensive by a bottle oh yeah um, it's fucking expensive yeah it's like 60 or 70 bucks there and i'm like yeah what the f-? like i know that it would last you like forever because it's it's green chartreuse it's green chartreuse you're not you're putting in like like a yeah three-fourths of an ounce at most but it was like legitimately more than a bottle of maraschino oh yeah like and i'm chartreuse like is what? expensive it's <laughs> If but I, ever, like, in my head, those bar, are like on the same level, at least. Like, I don't. Uh, if, if you're at a bar and someone offers you a shot of chartreuse, you you say thank you because it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's super fair. But yeah, no, they actually have a really good selection of uh, Amaro. 
and and vermouth which is weird it's super weird all right well we've been uh, talking for about 15 minutes uh, about not the thing that we're doing about not the scorpion king and how could we because it's I, the scorpion king all right i'm on the wikipedia page and i just realized that the uh the cover art has like the title the scorpion king but right above it is the rock yeah which doesn't like doesn't make sense the rock and then it, there's another t-h-e it's like the rock the scorpion king yep well you gotta read the uh the other uh like little expletives that are on this it's a uh, warrior legend king and man this movie's weird uh <laughs> it's been a really long time since i've seen this movie um like since i was a kid i mean i watched the mummy movies a lot i watched this maybe a few times and i was always like eh, it's uh, i was like i was like 11 or 12 and i'm like yeah it's a movie because you know when you're when you're a kid every every movie's a movie at least every movie is good because it's it's on (laughs) yeah like it's you don't you don't really get to that point of like realizing that some movies are just bad and not worth your time um because here's the thing i watched this movie two weeks ago uh because we were planning on doing this and then we got distracted and didn't didn't record for like a week or two um but um i didn't watch this movie again because I rented it on Amazon for like three dollars, and I was like, "I'm not gonna spend another three dollars on this movie." <laughs> I refuse to spend and More watch money. this movie again. Um, yeah, no, this movie's—it's not like the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, it's definitely better than Double Dragon. Yes, but in the way that makes it worse. Because at least Double Dragon is like bad in ways that are interesting to watch, and this movie is just kind of boring most of the time. Like it has its scenes, and like yeah. The Rock is charismatic, but they have no idea what they're doing with him. No, like not a fucking clue. And like even like I was watching this movie, and like actually like low key, um, the side characters, a lot of the side characters are like kind of interesting, and like have decent actors like the uh his like sidekick i forget i can't remember the, the character's name he's the horse thief oh yes yes the horse yeah thief. he's like a semi-interesting character the actor's doing like a pretty good job but like they just don't know what they're doing with anyone in this movie so like no one has a real character arc and like it's just so yeah you're right there is no actual plot to this movie no, no one it's has so an, bad has any sort of arc I guess you could argue that The Rock's character has an arc because he is hired to murder uh, a hot woman and then instead he murders a guy. And has sex with the hot woman. And has sex with the hot woman. I guess yeah. she has a character No one has a character arc. Uh, just... She kind of has a character arc. She kind of does. Um, she kind of does. The Rock really doesn't. Because it's like... It's the thing is that like... You have someone like The Rock who is so charismatic, and I know that we're looking at this with hindsight, where, like, The Rock is now, like, like he's either the most or the second most marketable um, actor acting right now. Yes. Um, I think they it's, like, the most well-paid actors right now. It's, like, uh, Robert Downey Jr., who's probably dipped a little bit now that he's not Iron Man anymore, and then it's The Rock, and those are the two. Was the top two. Yeah. So, like, obviously, we're looking at hindsight, but, like, this movie is, like, 
doing everything it can to make him be a dick. Like, at every other turn. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got his moments where he's like, oh, he's got a heart of gold. You know, he's doing a thing. Like, he saves a kid once from getting his hand chopped off. But, like, he has to, like, really think on it. Like, yeah, he's got to, like, really pull back his murder hobo, like, revenge fantasy to okay, save a kid. I'm, I'm really glad you went with murder hobo. Um, I wanted to, like, jump into my notes that I've taken so far. Please do. I took no notes, so go at it. I can okay. Just Ooh, I actually took notes this time. Oh, what a, what a flip-flop. That's the, a flip. Well, the first note I have is, this is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, hey, the, sec- the second note I have is, uh, this is a role-playing game. Yes, I had, I had a very a similar game. thought. I had a very similar thought. It straight it's, up it's, is. It's definitely like a... Uh, it's They could not have written this like you write a normal screenplay. It had to have been like... They knew that they had to write a movie about this guy because the studio told them they had to. Yes. Um, and then they're just like, well, what the fuck do we do? Here's some cool ideas. Like, they just, like, threw out little set pieces, and they cobbled together a movie from that. That's what they did. I guarantee it. And this is the this is the first movie where Dwayne Johnson is, like, the leading man. Mm-hmm. And I really think that they uh, thought, oh, shit. Like, whoever is the back-end producers and, like, wait, screenplay? Okay, there are three credits on the screenplay here. Hey, but wait, Adam, oh. who's the third person oh, on the screenplay? Oh. David Hayter, the yep. voice of Solid Snake. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really weird because he. Uh, I, I noticed that I was looking at that earlier. I was burying the lead a little bit on that though. Um, yeah, no, he's done a lot of screenplays. Actually, he did the screenplay for uh, X Men or X Two. I think uh, X Two. No, both. Yeah, X Men, yeah. X Two, and The Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Hayter is actually like Loki, a pretty good screenplay writer. Yeah. Um, but not this time. No, not this well, time he wasn't. I think it's he's hamstrung because, again, there are three screenplay credits mm-hmm. and then two story-by credits. So, yep. like, they had to, uh, like, Transformers assemble a crack team of five people to give Dwayne The Rock Johnson his first starring role as a leading man. And uh, I really think that um, these writers and producers uh, thought, ah, oh, shit, let's, let's fart out this B-movie for... WWE is like sh- like paying us to give one of their like like lead guys a movie, so let's mm-hmm. just like fart it out uh, without. And so they did that without realizing that The Rock is already like a good actor and charismatic because yeah. he's been he had been acting for decades up until then as a wrestler. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, in in, in their defense, it's like this is the first time. Okay, so like if you look back in the history of wrestlers turned actors up until now, um, they're mostly pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So I get where they're coming from. We're like, why would they even give a shit? Um, but then it turns out The Rock is the anomaly that is the one who can break through and become just the biggest fucking movie star. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he's just really fucking charismatic. He's really good he at improv. There's and... a there's a few scenes in this movie where I'm like, I'm okay, like you know, you get the 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 script has done zero work to uh, make me give a shit about this character, but it's the rocks. So I kind of do. So, so I do kind of give a shit about this character. He's just really good bit. at like face acting. 
which I yeah. which a lot of actors still don't have. But even in this, mm. his like first like movie where he's not a CGI scorpion, uh, oh, like when he's mm. when he's debating about shooting the kid, uh, there's not a lot. Of, he doesn't do a lot of like like uh, 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 like a like a bad actor would. Mm-hmm. It's all face acting. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, like, oh, okay, that's yeah. No, like, that that was like good. actually like legitimately like, kind of a good scene. It's just that like the idea of it, like from a like character moral perspective, it's like yeah, that dude killed your brother, but like that kid's about to die, like he's about to get his hand cut off, and that's like a he's like a fucking seven year old kid, and like this should not yeah. be it. You're the hero. Like I don't care that your character's supposed to be an assassin or whatever. Like. This is your leading man. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be like doing everything you can to make your audience not give a fuck about this character. Not in this kind of movie. Like, there's movies to do that. Like, um, uh, like Pitch Black. Have you seen Pitch Black? Oh yes. Okay, Pitch Black is a movie that I think does the antihero thing really, really well. Um, and Vin Diesel is very well cast in that movie, and they utilize him well. Um, that I would compare this to, where it's like, if that's the, if that's, okay, so that's the character you want to make and that's what you want to do, like, Vin Diesel's a great actor for that. I feel like Vin Diesel can play that line. Well, because he's not like, he's pretty charismatic, but he's like, kind of got, he's got rough edges, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, yeah, but The Rock, no. The Rock just is not a bit of a dick. No, he's just not. Yeah. He's just really Like, his character arc in this entire movie is him going from, like, they, 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 like, try to make everyone else around him at the beginning say like oh this guy is neutral evil when really he's just like neutral neutral and his character arc is him going from neutral neutral to neutral good yeah basically and like yeah. and like he gets through that arc like in the first act when he saves the kid and then from then on he's just neutral good yep for whatever reason i guess everyone's yeah. rubbing off on him but like why does anyone even like him like it no one has a good reason to except that they're afraid that he's going to kill them like yeah, that's, that's literally it. That's literally it. It's like uh, it, I'm sorry. Continue with your notes. Uh, oh, I was gonna say uh, towards the beginning of the movie, uh, like the Rock gets captured and they're gonna like execute him in like this crazy uh, secret agent kind of way, uh, where they're gonna have fire ants like go and eat. Oh yeah, his... no, it's a it's a super elaborate uh, James Bond death sequence. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what but it is. I wanted to say like <laughs> I just immediately wrote who produced this. The the whole CGI bugs eating somebody really fast. This one of these producers has to be the same one who produced the Mummy movies, mm-hmm. because one they of, are um, really into a swarm of CGI bugs eating people. That was definitely um, Stephen Summers, who's the guy who did the story and one of the guys who did the story and screenplay for this, the Mummy, and um, uh, what was the other one he did? Um, Van Helsing. He did Van Helsing too. Okay, I was about to say yeah, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because that's the only no. other time in cinema history where I've seen uh, someone well, die because a swarm of CGI bugs ate them really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Stephen Summers is like a huge fan of, uh, uh, like, I mean, the Mummy, the first Mummy movie is like definitely just like a call to. It's like if you took the original Universal The Mummy and you mixed it with Indiana Jones, that was his idea. That was the entire idea of the original Mummy movie. It's like, take these two ideas, combine them together. And it worked really fucking well. Um, but so, you know, he's just taking more cues from Indiana Jones. That's what it is. Because, uh, you know. Yeah. The, n- the, next snakes. Notes, <laughs> the next note I has, have is, 
oh shit, is that Hector? Because <laughs> the uh, the bad guy's like number two dude. Oh is yeah, the guy who plays Hector in Troy. Wait, is he really? Yeah. No, he's not. He totally is. Is he really? That can't yeah. be right. I thought that was um, I thought that was the dude who played Jesus. I am like ninety nine percent sir. I need to that find is, that. That is Hector. What was that character's name? Oh, I, I do want to talk about that character, though, because that character is fucking stupid. Um, he's he's like, stupid and shouldn't exist, and he has no point. He's, it's so, it, it is the most pointless character. Like He's like the B-villain in a movie that does not need a B-villain. No, what they and should like, have done is so have the main villain, like, he just plays the role of, like, betraying the good guys at the very beginning, <clears throat> which is, which, like... Makes the rocks like brothers get killed. <clears throat> okay. And like that's all he does for the whole movie. He doesn't even like exist as a mini boss for the no. rock to take out. And so what they should have done is as soon as he gets done like betraying like the rock and all his compatriots, is they should have just had the big bad kill him as like a show of like, oh, you betrayed your people for me. Well, here's your reward, a bag of gold. And here's your other reward. And then stabbed him a bunch to, like, uh, establish danger in this villain. I would but agree completely on that. They He's just kind of left dumb. him al- Yeah, they just kind of left him alive, and he didn't have anything to do for the whole movie yeah. except have reaction shots when the heroes did something. He's a waste of a time character. He's like, an, like there, there's like an idea of a, okay. That's what I think of this movie. There's so many things in this movie where like the core idea of it is like kind of like the, the kernel is good. Like they have a they have a kernel of an idea that's like pretty good, but then then they just like don't do anything with it or like they just it's like it's for like one scene and then it's over. I've noticed that happens a lot with movies where there are lots of writers and lots of rewrites. Mm. And I usually call them uh, vestigial characters because the character exists, but the script has like evolved past the point of actually needing that character. Mm-hmm. But that character has to be there because there has to be someone in like Act Three that says "Watch out" to like the main bad guy, and so that character will just like lazily continue to exist like a pancreas in the movie. But it's just like it's one of those things where it's like that causes so much so many problems when it comes to like editing like when you're filming so like or like the filming and editing of this movie because you have to include this character so you have to waste so much time throughout the movie establishing that this character is still around like in the background yeah yeah because if he's not then he just shows up like he's at the beginning and then he's at the end and then everyone's confused like where was he between all of that and it just it's it's bad it's bad it's bad script writing it's bad editing and it's just not good. And I don't mean editing in the sense of, um, like, final edits on a film. I mean editing is in, like, edit your fucking script, you piece yes. of shit. Like, <laughs> you have three writers. You know what? Take one of those writers out and hire an editor and have them work at it because that's what you really needed. You needed someone yeah. to make some cuts. That's what you needed. <laughs> exactly. Make some cuts, fine-tune. That's you don't, you don't need more ideas. You got plenty of ideas. There's so many ideas in this movie. They're all over the place. Speaking of of one of the ideas in this movie, the other, like, just kind of vestigial out there idea is the Archimedes 
esque inventor dude. Yep. Who, for my notes, I just put Theoden King. Yes. Because that's the guy who played Theoden. Is that but the also, that's not the guy who played. It is the guy who played Theoden. No way. Okay. Well, so okay. First of all, I looked up. That is not the guy who plays Hector. That's but, it's not. But it is the guy who played uh, the dad in Twilight. The Doctor Dad. The dad of Edward Cullen, he's Carlisle Cullen from from Twilight. Because I knew I recognized him from somewhere, and that's what it is. But he's he's not Hector. Hector is somebody else who's actually way more famous. I could have sworn it was Hector, but again, it's, we it's only Hector. got to see them for like like half second clips as they did reactions throughout the whole film. They do but, look very similar. I'll give but you that. That inventor guy is absolutely Theoden. Okay, I'm gonna find that out as well. But yeah, keep keep yeah. No, that that act that character actually bothered me a lot too because I'm like. That's like okay. You've got like inter- that's an interesting idea. Like you know, you're kind of mixing like kind of like Greek and like I mean, your your uh, your timelines are all fucked up because what year <laughs> yeah. is this? Yeah. When when are we? Like oh. we never really establish any of this. Oh well, it's established on the Wikipedia page, which says it canonically takes place five thousand years before the events of the Mummy. So it takes great. place five thousand years before uh, the first half of the twentieth century. So great. Nowhere near when the Greeks were like dominant in everything no no uh, not even a little bit yeah that's my thing with like i get i get that it's like a time is not our own like kind of deal like where it's like you can do whatever you want it's a movie um because i mean the mummy does this too where it's like oh the ancient egyptians did all kinds of weird things that like they have that that mirror lighting technique maybe that's based in real life but that seems made up yeah and, and there's also like this universe already does have magic established. Like, yeah, it's like there is magic. Magic does exist in this so universe. So why the history to, is yeah, the history to, is not our own. But why do you need to like shove uh, science into it? Man, this movie is just all over the place. Because the next note I have is uh, there's a scene at the beginning where they want to establish that the big bad is a. Oh, really, that is totally Theoden. It's it's fucking Theoden King. And, and you know movie, what? He oh my god! So he did this right before that too. Yes. Well, yes, no, technically, okay, so, like, this came out in 2002, uh, Two Towers was released in 2002, but they did all the filming back-to-back, so actually it was filmed in, like, 2000, so, like, yeah, this had to have been him being like, man, I got that, I got that Lord of the Rings money coming, I gotta, I gotta do something between now and then, I already got the beard grown out. Yeah, yeah, he it's... had to, like, he, the check wasn't in the mail yet, <laughs> so he's like... Boy, I just spent like a long time acting in in two movies that aren't going to come out for years. So I just need to like take some bit roles. <laughs> That's wild. That's super wild. Though. Okay. Yeah, I knew I recognized him from something. Um, yeah. No, that that character was like it, it's like an interesting. It's a kernel of an idea. It's like an interesting character idea, and then they don't really do much with him other than make him a plot device in the third act. Um, and then like, yeah, they meet him in the desert again, randomly. Like he's, he's like trapped in the tower, the bad guy. And he's like, oh, I can't get out. They got, they got, they they got me trapped here. They won't leave me alone. And then he's just in the desert later. No explanation. He's just there. Again, that's one of the three writers or two story buys where they're just like, we need this character in this location now. So they're there. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That's, that's. Well, they're mine. just there. Now that was my my one of my bigger things about this movie is like um, they introduce a lot of characters throughout the movie, 
and then um, at the end of the second act, they decide they need a reason. All of those characters are in the same place. So then they're just all at Michael Clark Duncan's house. Yeah. Is basically what happens. Yes. And it's... But, like, none of these characters should even know each other. Like, there's... No. Even, like, the little kid thief who who doesn't know anyone. He's just, He's just there. there. Why did he leave the, the city he lives in? Like, yeah, yeah. I know he, he got accused of being a thief, but that doesn't mean you... Like, he could just keep living on the streets. Like, none of those, none of those guards are going to recognize him again. Mm-mm. Like, come on. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's just so silly. It's so... How did he get there? We established that the rock had to go through like the valley of death, and like yeah. it was a long journey, and there's a sandstorm. Well, but that's my thing. Like, that's my thing about the uh, the Theoden character. His name is Phylos, by the way. Which you I mean that's a little on the nose, but I mean for this movie that makes <laughs> sense. You might as well. Um, no, but he's just he just shows up in the desert. How did he? He doesn't have a horse. He doesn't have a camel. His first line to them is, "Do you have any water?" Because this guy walked out in the middle of the fucking desert. With no water. Just with no water. Like it was a thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, no. I have an idea of how he got there. Uh, they should have They should have said this in the movie. Because if they should said this in the movie, it would have been perfect. Uh, you remember how he used the catapult? He had a catapult oh. Oh, in yeah, his yeah. tower? Yeah. Yeah. No, the yeah. rock uses the catapult as like a, like a set piece at one point. Just say, oh, yeah, use the catapult. And then don't say anything else. Like, that's throwaway line. Um, I use the catapult. They're like, how did you get out of the tower? It's like, oh, I used the catapult. And then they just keep continuing. Like, maybe then he says, do you have any water? And then that's that's hilarious. And, like, you gotta you gotta hang, like, it's, it's you gotta put a hat on it. You gotta put a hat on it. Otherwise, he's just in the desert. It doesn't make any sense. You know? Like, that's it, what you gotta do. If you're gonna go that it doesn't make any with sense. something. If you know something doesn't make sense as, as a scriptwriter, like, at least hang a hat on it. Because then... You're winking at the audience, and then you and the audience have a little chuckle, and then you can move on. Otherwise, the audience is going to be sitting there like, "Did you think I just wasn't going to notice? Like, Did you think I wasn't paying attention? Are you banking on me not paying attention to your movie? That's rude. <laughs> That's so rude. And like, come on, we both deserve better than this. Come on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta okay. do something like that. Speaking of, I really don't think they wanted people to be paying attention to this movie while they watched no. it because. No. There's a scene where, like, the big bad is, like, going to beat up a bunch of faceless goons to establish that he's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so they pull out a bunch of bamboo swords, kendo sticks. Yep. Where where did those come from? (laughs) Right? (laughs) What? Why did they have those? (laughs) No, I noticed that, too. It's like nothing in this... uh, The When is this movie... They can say whatever they want because none of it makes any fucking sense. Um, it's all over the place. It's so all over the place. It's everywhere. Uh, okay, then I also wanted to write, I wrote down just, um, that is a very slutty costume. Oh, it for, is. Like, the oh, main, the sorceress? The female. Yeah, the sorceress. The yeah, main, yeah. The female lead. So slutty. So, so slutty. Um, I don't know what to even to think about her character. Um, it's like, low-key... She she actually has like a full character. I think she has more of a character than almost anyone else in this movie does. I would agree with is that. Is how I feel. Like she she has not motivation. A high bar. No, 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 not a high bar at all. She has motivation. <laughs> um 
she's not just a bunch of quips. Um, she definitely has, like, I mean, I think definitely more than The Rock. Definitely more than, I, I almost feel like Phylos maybe has a little bit more, but he's almost like just a caricature. Where, like, she's not just your yeah. generic sorceress. Like, she doesn't, like, throw fireballs or anything. Like, she has vague magic powers, which are never really very well established, yeah. other than that she can see the future. Because uh, the scene where she heals the rock, it's like, I guess you can do that. It would have been good to know up until now that you could heal people. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. She, like, heals people and she, like, heals the rock and then, like, passes out. And it's like, uh, uh, all right. Her yeah, powers are... Very vague, unestablished. She has powers. She's got, she's got the yeah, powers. Yeah, she's magic. She's got the powers. Um, but, like, yeah, no, she is more a character than almost every other character in this movie. But that's not saying much. So, like, for for that, I kind of I kind of want to like her, but then also she's just a MacGuffin half the time and not an actual character. Like, she's just a princess yeah, to be saved. Like, she is, like, she, she has more character development than most, like, female MacGuffin roles. Yeah, but I would. That, she still is just a MacGuffin, and that's not great. But okay, who did it better? I will say um, the next note I have. Okay, we'll move to that. But who did it better? Is it the sorceress, or the uh, the not terrorist main character chick from Double Dragon? Hmm. Because at least the not terrorist chick from uh, Double Dragon, whose name I cannot remember, and I'm not going to look it up. Um, she I don't power know, core chick. Power core. That's it. She, that's literally what they're called. They're called power core. Power core. Oh god, it's so bad. Um, <laughs> no, at least um, at least she's like the leader of like a resistance movement. Yeah, she I mean, has whole scenes that yeah. don't involve like the the, the Double Dragon brothers. Yeah, but then also, like, I don't know. I feel like the sorceress is dressed sluttier, but there are less. Very slutty. But there are fewer male gazy shots and comments about her. Which is surprising for how very slutty her costume is. Very slutty. But, like, now that I'm, like, I mean, I'd maybe have to go, like, like, uh, shot by shot. But, like, I feel like they don't, they do, like, one establishing shot of her where it's definitely, like, an up-down kind of thing. Where they're, like, you're checking her out. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they do that for the rest. Like, that's not a, there's not, like, a, a upshot on her butt or, like, on her boobs or anything at any point so that I can think of. I will say that this movie does have a lot of male gaze shots. Oh, yeah. Right. There's only, like a, like, a very small amount of male gaze shots on the sorcerer's chick. There are yeah. a ton of male gaze shots on the rock. <laughs> which, is, which is like, it's different. Well, it's interesting. That's yeah, good. But yeah, there like, should be. He's the rock. Look at him. Yeah. He's, he's oil like, if we all took, the time. Like, very, yeah. If we took like how many male gaze shots are in this movie, like the rock has the majority of them. <laughs> which again, like, okay, male gaze, not great. No. But homosexual male gaze, where it's it's a step in a direction. <laughs> it's a better direction. It's a better direction. Any direction other than where we're going is a better direction. So I mean, in general, <laughs> probably not. Change. 
yeah. in general, probably should limit the amount of objectification you do. It, like, as a rule, like, you know, the, the fewer, the less is yeah, the better. Yeah. But, like, I mean, it serves its purposes. Like, I mean, when you're trying to establish that one character is attracted to another character, um, a really good shorthand to do that is to do, like, a male gaze-esque shot. Um, now, Hollywood way overutilizes that. Way overutilizes that. Yes. In a way that's super fucking demeaning. Um, but it can be used well. And I'm more okay with it when it's being used on the rock. Uh, same. And sure. I also wanted to point out that uh, there is such a thing as like the female gaze shot, mm-hmm. and um, but I feel very, very strongly that the like the sexualized like shots of the rock are not female gaze shots. They are they are explicitly male gaze shots. <laughs> I mean, they're not trying to sell this movie to women. I don't think that's the that's the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rock, but yeah. When I noticed that is when I actually started coming around on this movie uh, mm-hmm. because my partner Kat was watching it with me and uh, she, she just like was like kind of staring and confusedly looking at it the whole time and halfway through like the second act she just goes, this is exactly the Jake Gyllenhaal Prince of Persia movie <laughs> and I've never <laughs> seen it so I can't refute her. Um, and, but all I know is... She's not wrong. Oh, you, oh, you've seen it? I have seen it. I actually... Um, <laughs> I don't hate that movie. Um, it's one of the better video game movies that's ever been made. Um, which does not say much, because also low bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like there's one that came out recently that was better, but I can't think of what it is on top of my head. Um, but yeah, no, it's basically Prince of Persia, because it's like... It's Prince of Persia, or it's this movie if you took out, like, like half of the supporting cast. Which, again, half of the supporting cast of this movie are vestigial characters left yeah. over, because... It's, just... it's a much tighter movie than this. I will say that. I don't know if it's a better movie. It's probably at least a little better. But, like, also in the way that makes it more boring, so... Maybe not actually better. Like, oh, the one thing she said when she started comparing it to it, she, I made me realize that the Jake Gyllenhaal Prince of Persia movie is hella whitewashed. Yeah. Which is pretty bad because it came out in the late mm-hmm. 20-teens. Yeah. And this movie came out in 2002, and it's a really diverse cast. This I, cast, the cast of this movie that, yeah. is not white. Nope. It, they really are not. And not really. another thing I noticed is that... This movie goes out of its way to have, uh, like, badass fighty chicks on the good guy's side. They did do that, yeah. They did do that. None of those characters get any development at all, but... No, but none of the characters got any development no, at all. No, you're, you're right. Almost, <laughs> almost none of them do. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's such a weird... It's such a weird... Because, like, my thing is, like, yeah, it's cool that you have, like... I like the... I did, I did notice they had a diverse cast. I liked that. Because the only people who aren't, like that are white is like i think the main bad guy might be like definitely the the b the b villain and then like phylos who's greek so i'm like okay sure why not even though greeks are actually mediterranean and wouldn't really be that white they would be kind of white but it'd be more like olive they wouldn't 
They would not be Theoden King. No, they would not be Theoden King. They would be they would be darker than that because you know, you know, we have to whitewash everything in Hollywood in the United States. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So like, it's basically just like your villains. Like all your villains are white dudes, and then everyone else is pretty. Yeah, like not just great. That's good. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, good for you, Scorpion King, two thousand two. Good job. Yeah, like good job. This- this this movie is like actually i if if somebody said hey adam i'm gonna pay you five dollars but you have to sit in a room a completely blank room with nothing but a chair and a tv and you're gonna have to watch entirely the jake gyllenhaal prince of persia or the rock the scorpion king again Mm. i would i would take that five dollars on the rock the scorpion king every time i'm I might, I might watch Prince of Persia before I watch this. Although the whitewashing does make it worse. I will definitely, yeah. definitely say that. But, you know, this is even, like, a step above, like, The Mummy. Because, like, I mean, even though I really like The Mummy, uh, a good criticism you can make The Mummy is that all the good guys are white dudes. White all and British. Guys are, all the bad guys are brown or white. Eh, the Mummy the mummy is, he's a white guy. But he's playing an Egyptian, so that's whitewashed. Yeah, that's also so, whitewashed. So it's, it's, it's even worse. At least they have but an Israeli. Yeah, like, they have an Israeli guy playing uh, playing the Israeli person, or is Israeli person, because um, it would have been before Israel was a thing. But uh, you know, you got oh, that. Yeah. You got that going, I guess. Uh, yeah, but even like the Rock's like sidekick horse thief character, like even the little kid, not a white yeah. kid, not a white kid, not a white kid, even little little thief kid. Yeah, yeah. This is like See, a, actually a really diverse cast, which is good for them. Oh, okay. This is something I was like, gonna point yeah, good out. Good for them. Uh, this is something I noticed very early on um, because I totally forgot before I started watching this movie that The Rock has a brother in this movie. He has a brother. He has a character. He has, he has two brothers. Is the other person his brother? Yeah. They established that that person's also I, his brother. I think they're. I. Okay, they did not establish that he is. They're definitely all from the same like race, is, or like a country yeah, or, or whatever like Canadians they're, they're, are. They're all a, yeah. Acadians. Acadians. They're all Acadians. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, he has a brother. All, <laughs> insert fantasy Spartan. Yeah, exactly. He has a brother, and man, I wish they had just done anything to make me give a shit about his brother. Like, anything at all. <laughs> like, they have that, like, opening scene, which is a really weird scene. That very first scene. That is a really weird scene, so much to the point where I was like, is this the Scorpion King? Right. They're like yeah. in a Norse village? Yeah. It's weird. It's that, weird on a lot of levels. That scene, I feel very sure that that scene was filmed after this movie was edited, and the original first scene was the original first scene when all those, like, that tribal council came together, and they're like, we're going to hire Acadians. And then they walk up with their faces covered because they're, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be the rocks introduction with his other guys. Yeah. But then they're like at somewhere along those five, like those five people with their hands on the ball of this script. Someone was like, nah, we need a scene at the beginning to establish the rock. And this guy as a brother. And because in the movie itself, uh, when he's like, he always calls him like my brother, but yeah, that could very much be like a like my countryman kind of my brother. I could see that. 
I could definitely see that. Yeah. I don't. And he's like, like die well, brother. Yeah. Like, like band of brothers. They have like a like a little like thing. Yeah, I think you're you're probably like that's my thought on it. That 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 first scene felt very like this is the one of the last things they filmed for sure. Like maybe it wasn't. It's almost certainly the last. But it was like at one point someone was like, mm, "No, we need we need more like establishment for what Acadians are. We need to spoon feed it to the audience a bit more," um, which I like agree and disagree with because my thing on it is they keep talking about the Acadians like they're like assassins, but then that first scene doesn't really establish that at all. It just establishes that the Rock is really good at bar fights and like shooting a bar. I think someone. I think someone somewhere along the line said, hey, this movie kind of starts in a plotting sort of way. We need Mm -hmm. to have uh, a real big bombastic action scene to really like punch up this movie and open it up with like a big cool fight scene. Because also in that scene, uh, The Rock's character is like way more cartoonishly superpowered than he is in the rest of the movie. Yeah, I noticed that too. So he's like, basically a fucking I, superhero. And I think that, that I really think that they filmed this whole movie and then like months later they just got the rock and that one actor back because mm-hmm. everyone else in that scene is not in the rest of the movie. They are not extras in the yeah. rest of the movie and the set is not the same. Nope. And tonally they it's just, like, like totally some gay different actors that they hired. Yeah, tonally it's, it's super <laughs> it's so different. Um yeah, I, I think you're. I think that's pretty much right because I I noticed it's like a kerchunk. Like watching that scene and then watching the rest of the movie, I'm like, mm, this doesn't none of this matches up. But yeah, my point was that like they don't make you care about his brother, and then for the rest of the movie, you're supposed to believe that the Rock is just still really upset that this dude killed his brother. Like that's his motivation up until like like midway into the second act or something. Like, that's what he wants to do. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then, like, that just doesn't... It doesn't feel... Like, I mean, like, I get, like... Uh, avenging a dead fa- loved one, family member, is, like, shorthand in a lot of movies. But it's, like, you gotta... You gotta build that relationship a little bit. You can't just murk somebody at the beginning and be like, that was your brother, aren't you mad at me now? Like, you gotta... You know, yeah, you you can't like at the beginning of a movie some like more actory parts. Probably, probably so. I just it would have worked better if that wasn't how they did it, and you know could have given the the actor who plays (laughs) the Rock's brother a bit more screen time. Sure, why not? I feel like there, yeah, there are about five movies trying to take place all at the same time inside this movie. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah, you have any more notes? You have more notes? Uh, the only the only note I have is the very last one, mm-hmm. which said, "Boy, that end credits music." Oh, well, yeah, it's like Godsmack, isn't it? It's yeah, like I stand alone. Yeah. And it just, yeah. After the end of the movie, it just starts immediately, and it's just like, Ugh. yeah, it's like a, getting a bucket of cold water thrown in your face. It's so bad. Um, yeah, no, that was like probably the, my least favorite part about this movie is it has to remind you uh, how much in the 2000s it is right at the end. Because like before yeah. that, <laughs> if you cut out that and you cut out all the really bad CG, 
um, then I could believe that this was like a a fairly high budget '90s movie. You know, like a decent a decent I budget totally high, '90s yeah. movie, and then you throw that stuff in there. I'm like, oh god, this is smack dab in the middle of the 2000. This is like early 2000s, obviously has to be, um, and just super dated itself in a lot of ways. Um, the CG is really. I can't even like. I think the Mummy Returns does this too, where the CG like really dates it, the movie. Oh, oh yeah. Um, because I think the first Mummy actually did really well with its use of CG and effects, where it doesn't feel as bad, it doesn't feel as jarring, and they don't rely mm-hmm. on it too much. Um, but the Mummy Returns in this, it's just like. Uh, Ooh, yeah, you just you opened up like like the first edition of blender pro and just like painted some guys into this scene didn't you yeah like it's that that fire ant scene that fire ant scene we talked about earlier it's just just a a blob of cgi eating a man (laughs) yeah the rock well the rock is like trying to kill them with his chin and then even like uh his like sidekick character like pulling fire ants off of his face and like having a little commentary while he's doing it i'm like uh Ugh, it's yeah, bad. It's, it's really bad. It's, it's it's not good. It's very very bad. Um, well, know. here's the question: Should we make a, a very very bad drink to go with this movie, or should we try yeah. to make a good drink? I don't know. We could split I, the I, difference, and we should make an okay drink. <laughs> I guess we should make an okay drink. I have no idea what kind of what drink we should make for this was, uh, because there's no uh, there's yeah, one there's no there, there's, yeah. there's a few drinks. There's a few drinks. Only one of them is said by name, um, and it's Yak Piss during the said fire ant scene. And that's what he calls it. He says it's Yak Piss, and then he later uses it to catch fire ants on fire. Hmm. So, I mean, we should probably call the drink Yak Piss. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to put in it. All right. Other than he, yak piss. he breathes fire with it. Well, Yak Piss immediately makes me like... Like, I was going with thinking, like, oh, maybe let's make it, like, a, a flip or some sort of egg white drink. Mm-hmm. But, like, no. It's got to be boozy. It's, like, I was thinking, like, let's just make it really boozy because he breathes fire with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could always do, like, a uh, like an Everclear float or something and light that on fire. And then that would be, you know, a way of getting the fire in there without it being, like, legitimately, like, 80 proof. Yeah, I do like the idea of lighting something on fire. Maybe instead of Everclear, we use, like, overproof rum. I mean, we could, but does this movie really deserve it? I mean, Ray and Nephews is also very cheap. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. It just sound, it sounds way fancier. That's all That's all I gotta say. It sounds it way does, fancier but than you know what? You know what? This movie, this, movie deserves, this movie deserved better than what it got because there's a lot of good things inside of this movie. Uh, you know, like I, the I diversity say, of the cast yeah. and like The Rock actually being a good actor already. He's very charismatic, even though and they like just a, have no idea what to do with him. And the villain yeah. is super, super bland. It's such very a bad villain. Right. It's a, not yeah. even... Like at least Double Dragon, the villain, was fucking hilarious man the best like at least they could have done is just have them kill the guy who isn't hector uh just to be like oh yeah this guy's like oh this guy's scary Mm -hmm. instead of him like catching an arrow like he's not even like that evil no 
He's just kind of like a warlord. Like, it's like, all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's pretty evil. But, but he's, he's not even a particularly, like, bad, crazy, evil warlord. Uh, he does have, like, super rapey vibes with the sorceress in a couple of scenes. Um, because they do have that whole thing where, like, she definitely made up the whole, uh, um, I have to be a virgin to use my powers just to keep him from raping her. Um, that was yes. for sure a thing. That was, yeah, that was a lie. Um, I wish they had, they, she like has a little throwaway line about that. I wish she had been more clear about that because after, uh, after she has sex with the rock, I'm like, do you still have powers? Like we haven't really established that you don't, or that that's actually true. Like it makes sense, but like you didn't do a very good job of establishing. But yeah. yeah. And then, but then she does magically control a snake and she then does at the that. end, at the end, the rock is like, I thought your people like lost their powers when they had sex. And she was, and she just goes like. I, I don't remember what her line is, but it, it, it equates to Pekeh. Yeah, it's like, yeah, what, what would you tell a warlord who wants to fucking sleep with you that you don't want to sleep with? <laughs> yeah, of course I would. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I did like that line a lot, though. And that's like, uh, like going back to uh, her like having character development, that's one of the lines. I'm like, you know what? There you go. That's good. You know what, Hollywood? You phoned in a lot of stuff in this movie, but you didn't phone that in, and I respect that. Yeah. Okay. So I. So yeah. I think. I think this movie deserves better. So this movie deserves a good drink. Okay. So we're not calling it Yak Piss. We might still call it Yak Piss. Okay. I think we should call it Yak Piss. Um, Yak Piss on the rocks. That's what it should be called. Um, Yak Piss on the rocks. That (laughs) I actually really like that. um, Yeah, but I have no idea what to do with this drink. Um, The only thing I can think of right now is. um, it somehow incorporates green chartreuse. Okay. Because, like, green might make yeah. it kind of a bad color, and it's high mm-hmm. proof. Okay. No, I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I think um, I think it should be spicy. Because scorpions. All right. No, I yeah can't argue with that. Yeah. Scor- scorpions, yeah, they got, they got venom. That's kind of it's, it's spicy, right? In theory. Okay, I I feel like this in no way would be good, but like like an ounce of overproof rum, mm-hmm. half an ounce of green chartreuse, mm-hmm. half an ounce of ancho rays or ancho verde, mm-hmm. and then just make it a sour. Just just lime juice and simple syrup. Yeah, or you could make it into a shot. Uh yeah well no wait we want to serve this on the rocks right oh that's well, okay. right it needs to be on the rocks okay no, you're, right, you're right you're right you're right all right hold on I'm gonna stop I'm gonna it's break this trend right now we can't have every movie <laughs> every movie that we do of the rock be on the rocks you're, you're not wrong you're not wrong was the last <laughs> one did we do the mummy returns one on the rocks I oh I don't know hold on I don't remember the, actually the scorpion oasis the mummy. No, no, it's served in a tiki mug. It's a tiki drink. Okay. Because it's an oasis. Okay. Well, you can put tiki drinks on the rocks, too. Yeah. It's in a mug. Okay. But we could do this as a shot. It could be a yak piss shot. And should we do a shot of yak piss? I really don't. You don't? You sure you No. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Like, we so, could do a shot, but then, like, if we do a shot, it would just be, like, what? Like... It would just be Ray Nephews and Green Chartreuse and Ancho Reyes? Maybe. I, I suppose. Ooh, okay, hold on. Wait. No, no. Oh, okay. Ooh, I'm, I'm, it's coming to me. I got it. Uh, 
we need, okay, we need overproof somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it does still have to be like overproof rum. Mm -hmm. But, uh, hmm. Okay, I'm thinking of there's uh, this poblano tequila that me and my partner can't make mm -hmm. where we just take a bottle of tequila and then we take a fresh poblano, chop it up, dice it up into tiny little bits and then scrape all the seeds out and throw that all in the bottle and just let it sit there for one week. That sounds pretty good. Give me two seconds. W. He really likes my toenail clippers. I'm sorry. It's all good. Okay, so uh, you just let it sit in there for one week, and then after the end of that week, you just strain out all the plebano bits and seeds, and mm -hmm. then you're left with this like faint green uh, tequila that's spicy and tastes like plebano, and it's okay. it's pretty good. I'm interested in that. Yeah. And yeah so yeah. I I think just I don't know if that would be good if we. Did that with like an overproof rum? Maybe, maybe not a plablano. Mm. Maybe, should, wait. Maybe we make this really spicy. How spicy? Maybe we take a habanero. Take, take two or three habaneros. Mm. Dice up their flesh, mm. and throw that all in there for the flavor, and then take the seeds of one of them and put it into a bottle of overproof rum mm -hmm. and let it macerate for a week and then strain that and then like strain that all out. That sounds very spicy and delicious because I love and hot bet, air peppers. I, I bet it would extract a lot of flavor and a lot of spice because it's oh, overproof. Sure. Oh, for sure it would. Yeah. And you know what? The habaneros, I guarantee you, would turn that tequila yellow. Or orange. Yes. Or orange. Which? Well, probably, probably like a faint orange. Which, which I would guess would be about the color of yak piss. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. And if you wanted to, you could throw some green chartreuse in there. I doubt it would affect the color that much. Probably not. I'm not. I'm not married to the green chartreuse. Okay. Think that but what about yellow there. chartreuse? I was just because yak. Piss. I was just about to say yellow chartreuse. <laughs> we. <laughs> with that okay okay then okay we're getting sort of close to like a um a naked and famous hmm, i haven't had one of those um it's like a it's a old school style um club cocktail that was made at uh, death and co mm. uh, so it's just like four equal parts so we could do like a club cocktail that's four equal parts it'll be like spicy rum yellow chartreuse and then we need a citrus and then like one more thing in it um like the quintessential version of like a like a club cocktail is like the paper plane mm -hmm. it's it's uh whiskey it's like bourbon uh aperol amaro nino lemon juice mm -hmm. uh and then you also have like, like a, also a last word yeah last word it's is also bill. like f four equal parts like that's a yeah. kind of a club cocktail uh like the naked and famous is uh, yellow chartreuse, uh, mezcal. Ooh, mezcal would juice. be interesting. Yeah. And uh, I think, oh, what's the last thing in a Naked and Famous? I think still Aperol. Okay. 
Yeah. I, mean, I could see another bitter component for sure. So here's the thing. I think I think you do you do that, but you do your your rum as a float to light on fire. Well, Not as a you could do that. Pot. You could do that as a garnish. Like so you could yeah, like, that's what I'm citrus whatever citrus we put in, like mm-hmm. just cut half citrus and like squeeze it with an elbow juicer. Mm-hmm. And then you know how you always get those like pucks of citrus that look like um like those uh, rubber poppers that are like inside out. Yes. You just take that. You just you, yeah, you just take the half of citrus out of the out of the elbow squeezer and you just put it on top of the drink and you pour a little bit of of rum on in, inside that little bowl and light that on fire. So it's just this like little bowl of fire on top of your drink. Nice. Yeah, I like that. And then like that yeah, part. and then when it gets to like the table, you can just like take a straw and like jam that uh lemon or lime like down in there and then mm-hmm. the rum also goes into the drink so it's even busier perfect yeah i like that and i like that so if you do the spicy component in the rum then you can control really well how spicy it's going to be by not putting a lot into that like little little bit that you're burning on top you know what i mean oh like the little bit that you're burning on top is literally mm-hmm. like 10 mils yeah yeah that's like, what i'm so saying it's, so yeah, you it's can make that run. shit real fucking spicy and it won't completely overpower the drink because it's only going to be a little bit. Because it's going to be like a little float on top. Oh, well, I was thinking like uh, like four equal parts. Like make one of the mm. make the spicy rum like one of the four parts. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I'm and then just put a little bit extra on top to light on fire. Well, see, I still really like the idea of doing like a mezcal too, though. Um, I do too, but we uh, make a lot of drinks with mezcal. I'm realizing because I was looking back over the drinks fair. that we were making, and a lot of them have mezcal. I might be a little biased. Actually, I had a mezcal last word at Fidel's like on Friday, and it was just really good. It, it was really good. I was like this close when I realized I wasn't going to make the bitter blossom. I was mm-hmm. like this close to making a mezcal last word, but then I saw that uh, the rhinestone. Oh, the rhinestone sling had mezcal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, no, I'll just make that instead. There you go. That works. Yeah. That works. Um, mm. Oh, I totally called the drink the wrong name. I called it the Plastic Beach. It's the rhinestone sling. You bitch. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Hold on. It's the rhinestone sling featuring cat. That's it. That's, that's <laughs> the full title. That's the full title. Yeah. That's the full title. Um Okay, so back to this yak piss drink. Yes. I, I, I do really like the idea of going like a, a club cocktail style where it's just like four equal parts, like bing, bing, boom. Mm-hmm. Spicy rum. Okay. But uh, here's the question though. So you're talking about doing the flesh and the tequila. So you just want to do all of the habaneros and the rum, seeds and flesh and everything. So I would say like take like three habaneros because they're small. Yeah, yeah. Like dice those up. And um, de-seed them, mm-hmm. and then put all the diced up like um, like skin, and like f- like flesh of the of the vegetable fruit, pepper. It's a pepper. Uh, in yeah, pepper. Put all the diced up flesh of the pepper. Peppers into... are berries. Uh, Technically, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure though. They grow on plants. They grow on plants. Their seeds are inside. Yeah. Vegetable, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. None of it makes any sense, honestly. No. Well, okay, like... Because, like, t- up tomatoes are berries. 
and and strawberries are actually an aggregate fruit, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> okay. No. okay, all right. Let's well, take all the seeds out of three habaneros. Put all the skin of those three habaneros into a bottle of whiskey, and then take the seeds from just one of them mm. and put it into the whiskey. Or, or fucking like go all out. Put all the seeds and all the flesh in. I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life. You go ahead and moderate the spiciness level that you want. That's but gonna be infusing really this spicy. Rum habanero. It's gonna be really spicy. It, and then like put like a quarter of the seeds from one into the rum. Like you, you can, you get to control your own destiny. You sure can. You sure can. Yeah. And you can do it in small batches if you want. You don't have to do a whole bottle. You can just yeah, as yeah. much as much as you want. Just make sure you so, have containers. But infuse some habanero flavor and spice into some overproof rum. Mm-hmm. Ray and nephews, rum fire, um, any like any navy strength rum. I rather and, like the uh, the plantation overproof is really good. The OF, proof. The OFTD. No, it, is a, it is a dark rum, so I don't mm. know how that would do, but that would yeah, be it's, interesting. It's good. Okay. Um, we'll pick so up yeah, the color that, as well, but yeah. And then what are the other ingredients? One of them has to be a citrus. Yeah. Um, I'm tempted just to do lime two, juice because I prefer lime juice, and I think it's rum, so. I also would go, I would also lean towards lime juice. Yeah. I mean, because, uh, only because like limes make better um, cups for uh, flame flame garnishes. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah, no, and with the flame garnish, yeah, I think that's good. I think, I think limes. I think lime. All right, so spicy rum, mm-hmm. uh, lime juice, uh, and these are all like going to be like three fourths of an ounce, like la- like last word kind of build. I'm not gonna lie, when I do last word builds. I just always do a full ounce because a full ounce. Th- those are some good last words. <laughs> it just, uh, unless I, unless I'm not busy, if I'm not busy, then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do three fourths. But like, otherwise it's like a fourth ounce of everything else. It's, it's not going to make cocktail any different. It's going to give you more booze. Yeah. It's really it. It's really okay, it. Overproof from infused with habanero. Fuck. I have dyslexic. Yeah, no, it's it's like habanero. Habanero. Yeah. That's that's the way to think about it. Anytime I have an issue spelling word, I just try to I try to break it down into into parts. Like we well, yeah. I, well, I am actually you, dyslexic, I know, so I, I know just you are. <laughs> it's just it's not going to work for me. Okay, what two other things could we put in this drink, or should we put in this drink? I mean, I still think chartreuse. Chartreuse. Yeah. Yellow chartreuse? Green chartreuse? We should do yellow. Should yellow chartreuse? Yeah, just because it's funnier. I don't know if it's better or not. And my green chartreuse might actually just be better, but um, yellow because it's funnier. Um, so what we have so far, we've got okay, yellow chartreuse, lime juice, and then the spicy rum. So then we need, like, if we're doing that some kind of build, we would need, like, a bittering component, like an Amaro. Yeah, um, yeah. This is where we can get kind of. This is where we can get kind of weird because, like, yeah. uh, like last word has like, uh, like maraschino here. Yeah. Which last words are pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then paper planes have fucking paper planes have two orange amaros. Whatever. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah. I think it kind of works though because the amaro nonino is like, it's pretty mellow. Like it's more sweet than it is bitter. Yeah, and amaro nonino is like. The Maranino is forty percent. Mm-hmm. It's it's foolproof. Yeah. Uh, what I usually like to do is switch the Aperol out for Montenegro, 
mm. which adds a different kind of flavor profile, but it, it maintains both the alcohol level and the sweetness that Aperol would bring. Yeah. So I do, I actually, I prefer Aperol over things like Campari, but I really just don't like Campari that much. <laughs> For New Year's Eve, um, we got a bottle of Aperol to make uh, uh, Negronis and stuff with. Nice. Uh, it's just it's Campari. Yeah, anyone that's trying to make if you've had a Negroni with Campari, just do it with Aperol instead, and you'll probably like it better because it's just yeah it yeah it, it is definitely the more uh, open to like introduction kind of. Well, it's just I think Aperol has more going for it. Like Campari is just kind of bitter and like has a little bit of like your orange rindy notes, um, and it's got sweetness, and that's about it. Whereas Aperol, like I think it. it, it it's got your bitter it's got your orange it's got your sweet like it it has all of the things in the levels that i want it to be in hmm. but i don't think we should but i don't think we should put aperol in this no, no i don't think so either because i don't want to i think the yellow chartreuse is already really sweet mm-hmm. there's a lot of sugar in that it is yeah well sure what chartreuse is it's still pretty high abv though isn't it uh, yellow chartreuse is 40%. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, uh, so probably if we wanted, the better idea would be get an Amaro or Bittering or other liqueur that was like a lower ABV would probably be a better idea. Unless okay. you want to make this super boozy. Because we already, we already have overproof rum. So it is already much boozier than it would be comparing it to other builds of this quality. Comparing it to a last word, green chartreuse is overproof, and it usually is made with mezcal or gin, which is usually mm-hmm. standard, like forty mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Uh, here we have yellow chartreuse, which is like standard forty percent, and then the overproof rum to bring that ABV okay. back. I didn't realize green chartreuse uh, was overproof. Oh yeah, it is. Dope. It's green chartreuse is awesome. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna drink so many more last words. That's you should. They're really good. They are very good. They're very good. Just always get them with mezcal. It's, it's just better. Well, actually, uh, it, it depends what kind of gin you use. Depends what kind of gin you use. I think you, yeah, it has to be navy strength or else you just can't fight that green chartreuse. Yeah, you've got to, that's the thing is you got to have a gin that really stands up. If you don't, then it's, I mean, you might as well use mezcal. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. We use some sort of uh, Blanc Amaro, like Luxardo Bitter Bianco or Suze or sailors mm-hmm. instead of something like Campari or Aperol, which are those uh, like brighter red Amaros or like a, like a dark Amaro, like um, Ramazzotti or something. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you get your coloring, coloring right? Is the yeah, thing. yeah like, like whatever bitter <clears throat> you would use for a white Negroni in this. Okay. Because then it would also keep the, because then the only colors you would be bringing are the lime juice and the yellow chartreuse. Yep. Yakpis. <laughs> Yakpis. Um, Flaming Yakpis. I'm just going to go ahead and put this down as um, Luxardo Bitter Bianco because that's like my favorite of the. I haven't tried a lot of uh, uh, white liqueur or white uh, Maros, so I'll, I'll use Yeah, your, like, your like Su- Suze is probably. I've had Suze like, before. Suze is good. I like Suze. It's probably the most prevalent. Yeah. Um, Sailors is popular in certain regions of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, but personally, I just I really like what Luxardo makes. Luxardo makes really good quality shit, like just in general. Like, yeah, that's the reason why there is no real replacement for Luxardo Maraschino. 
There's uh, really not. There just isn't. Like there, there's not a thing that you can replace that with. It's so unique and specific, and they have capitalized on that. Okay, how would we want to garnish this drink? I mean, it's going to be lit on fire, but... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is how we're going to garnish it. But what you could do is you could light it on fire, and you could do, like, one of those... Uh, um, they Like, when you grate stuff over top of fire, and it, like, is a little sparkle. I'm talking about... What would you grate over top? Like, grate, like, like fresh nutmeg? Yeah, like nutmeg, or you could do, like, cinnamon. Cinnamon would work, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you um, take, like, a little powdered cinnamon, and you, like sprinkle it over the top with your fingers yeah. like you're taking a pinch of cinnamon it just like shoots fire up around yeah, it. it's sparkles. really cool that's really cool yeah the, the cinnamon grated cinnamon okay how do we want to serve this drink and in what i mean anything about that you want to see the color of it so you're going to need a clear glass because i thought about like a like a wooden or clay mug but would be cool, but you, no, you, you, you want to see, see the color. color. You got to see the color, otherwise it's not gonna work. So it's gonna have to be glass. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be on the rocks. Doesn't necessarily need to be on the rocks. So you could do like a coop if you wanted to. Or you like I just like coops. Coops are cool. Um, if we're doing a a bowl, a lime bowl, like mm-hmm. with a flaming garnish, though, it usually requires some ice to sit on to yeah, like float on. I was thinking about that too. So I was thinking like just. In a in a tumbler with ice, yeah, do you that. could just like you could just dirty dump the gla- like this cocktail right in. Yeah, actually, like yeah, it's yeah. yak piss. It's not supposed to be fancy. No, like, yeah, this is a dirty dump kind of drink. Shake it. This is a dirty dump kind of drink. Come on, it's yak piss. It's a flaming yak piss. Yeah, sh- shake, dump into a tumbler, garnish, like uh, flaming lime half, and. Uh, a pinch of cinnamon. Flaming lime half and pinch of cinnamon. Pin 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 to ch- Alright. Man, if I existed <laughs> before a spell a spell check, I would not be able to get by. It's okay. My my spelling has gotten significantly worse the more I've used spell check on my phone, like autocorrect. So I've noticed that when I've started writing things, it's it's gotten so much worse. All right, yak piss. <laughs> uh, flaming yak piss. Flaming yak piss. Flaming yak piss. All right, flaming yak piss. Uh, Three fourths an ounce of overproof rum infused with habanero. Uh, spiciness level your choice. Three fourths of an ounce yellow chartreuse. Three fourths of an ounce Luxardo bitter bianco. Three fourths of an ounce of lime juice, shake, dump into a tumbler, garnish, a flaming lime half, and a pinch of cinnamon. Perfect. That, that sounds sounds really good. That sounds really good. That actually, sounds really, really good. I would totally drink that drink. If uh, if we had oh, if we had the overproof rum, and we had the Luxara Bianca at Fidel's, I could totally make that. Considering I have half the ingredients. No. Yeah, like I, I actually have Luxardo Bitter Bianco with me right now. And I have access to limes. There you go. So I, I have half the ingredients. There you go. It's perfect. I mean, I think the main thing is you need, uh, you need that uh, Ray and Nephew. Can we, can we get that in Indiana? Have you seen it anywhere? 
What? Yeah. The Ever Proof Row. No. Yeah. N- nowhere, unfortunately. I I've looked. You you talked about it a lot. I've never had it, so I, you've talked about it a bunch. So I've tried finding it around town, and I can't find it anywhere. Ah, that's a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. It bums me out a lot, actually, because I've actually gotten more and more into rum. So. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to ask: um, Have we gotten any emails to our Gmail yet? Uh, you know what? Let me look. Let me look right now. I don't think so. Yeah. It's been because it's been a month or so since I've looked. But I will, I will. Because uh, these on the rocks episodes are supposed to be more contemporary. You're not we're supposed wrong. to like uh, use these to like catch up with listeners that, and read emails and idea. stuff. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm gonna check the cocktail conceal one. Uh, no emails. No emails there. Just from Google and Squarespace, because you know they gotta keep us in touch with all their shit. And then I'll check the overly horny boss bus driver. I think that's the one to check because that's the one we tell people to email. That would be the one. And yeah, nothing else either. It's a bummer. All right, yeah, I, we didn't put that up front in the top of the show or, or make time for it because I figured that would be the case. Yeah. But it's okay. We're soon. We'll get there. We'll get one, there. Yeah, one day. One day we'll get there. These on the rocks episodes are going to be much less about the rocks movies and more about reading <laughs> these emails that come in. God, there. I hope so. Because I mean, not, not to say that there's a bunch. There's there's a lot of bad rock movies. Um, there's some good ones. Yeah. There's some good ones. There are some good ones, but yeah. But there's going to be a lot. Like I think uh, there's going to be a middle ground there where they're like just kind of like mediocre movies and we're not going to have a lot it, to say yeah it's gonna be like well that was a movie it did start a rock he was paid money for it god he sure was <laughs> yeah, yeah he sure was because i mean eventually we're gonna get to like oh what rampage or um skyscraper or um uh san andreas or the tooth fairy oh god the tooth <laughs> you're gonna have to watch the tooth fairy it's okay we get no we, but what what's the next one it's it's like a good one right Oh, the next one is really good. It's The Rundown, which is just yeah. like a really fucking good movie. I, I like The Rundown a lot. It's been a long I, time since I've seen it, but I do like The Rundown. I'm really excited about seeing it again. Oh, man. Well, so that has been The Flaming Yak Piss. Uh, please join us next time when uh, I'm going to be bringing a topic that I think Logan is really excited about. Uh, we're going to be talking about dandelion and burdock, uh, a beverage consumed in the British Isles since the Middle Ages. Uh, it was originally a light mead, uh, but it's evolved over time to just be more of like a carbonated soft drink. And now it's just, you know, you could just like walk into a cafe and be like, oh, hey, can I get a dandelion and burdock? And they'll give you, it's basically like a root beer over there. Interesting. But, uh, so we're just. I'm really, really passionate about uh British soft drinks. So are we just going to stop talking about like media and we're just going to start talking about like whatever the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, no, I, I, you know, like per, I personally okay. think that um, dandelion and burdock is a piece of media <laughs> <laughs> because when, when you drink it, it's, it's just so intense in your mouth. <laughs> like, okay, Adam, we need to write a screenplay um, for a, it's going to be a, a cop drama. And it's going yeah. to be Dandelion and Burdock. Dandelion and Burdock? I, I will only agree to write this screenplay with you if we can get three other people to come in as well. <laughs> I mean, that's when you write a screenplay, usually like the, the, the proper number is five people, right? To write yeah, one yeah. screenplay? Five, like, yeah, like that old saying goes, like, you only get a good story when five people decide to write a story by committee. Yeah, no, I've heard that before. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty common knowledge, man. You know? All right. Well, I will see you, Logan. <laughs> See you later.
Hey, I'm Adam. And I'm Logan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Adam1Z4J2. And you can find me at Redenfield, R-E-D-D-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. And if you just want to get in touch with us like directly just for the podcast, you can go ahead and email us at OverlyHornyBostonBusDriver at gmail.com. Logan, how do you, how do you spell that? Okay, I'm not spelling that, but it is overly horny Boston bus driver, all one word, no spaces, no caps at gmail.com. Pretty easy to figure out. Looking looking forward to your emails, everybody. Sure are. <laughs>